In my experience working in the medical field and in my personal life, I have seen people avoid going to the doctor's office if they have medical debt already or if they know they're going to have to pay a certain amount with a deductible or a copay, they avoid that care, which can lead to further healthcare conditions and struggles. I'm in my 20s, and I've seen so many of my friends go quite literally years without seeing a doctor because the idea of paying those bills, the idea of even finding a doctor that's covered on their health insurance is so overwhelming that they just don't go. I think at the crux of all of this is that we also don't understand our healthcare system. We're just aware that it's quote-unquote broken and confusing. And then we're hit with these bills or other repercussions that are difficult for us to navigate. And we don't know how to go about it because we don't know what to do. Hello and welcome to The Hidden Costs of Health. In this show, we're exploring the burden of medical expenses in this country and how a health event can quickly spiral into financial toxicity. I'm Ali Sandler, a producer for Empowered Us. Joining me today are Lauren Campisi and Eva Minkoff. So why do we think that this is an important series to be released right now? About 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And healthcare is one of those costs that can often be unexpected. So right now is a perfect time to learn the ins and outs of the financial terms and how it impacts your finances so that you can manage to the best of your ability. We've all, all three of us, I know, because we've spoken about it, have been hit by surprise bills, and they are shocking when they come across your desk. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. It's also terrifying because you don't know what the origin is a lot of the time. It often doesn't make any sense. And then you wonder, what else doesn't make sense? What else is coming my way? I have about 12 years of healthcare experience, and much of that was managing billing staff. I did medical billing myself, and it's still a mystery to me how all of this works. According to a 2022 Forbes article, in a survey of over 2,000 Americans who have health insurance, three quarters of them could not define the term coinsurance, and nearly half defined copayment and deductible incorrectly. In our first episode of The Hidden Costs of Health, the Empowered Us team brainstormed about how to kick off this series. Finances and healthcare can feel so overwhelming. Even the term financial toxicity sounds kind of scary. So we thought, what better way to discuss finances than start with the terms that we all seem to hear over and over again? As Lauren mentioned, her background in healthcare has given her a deep understanding of the intricate billing process. She is here to share some of the most important definitions with us. So, Lauren, what is financial toxicity anyways? So financial toxicity is a term used to describe problems a patient has related to the cost of medical care. It can be around not having health insurance. It could be around having a lot of costs, even with health insurance. The list goes on. I think the fact that it's called financial toxicity is really interesting. I mean, think about the word toxic. It means it's bad for you, almost deadly even. And that's what we want to highlight here. Before we get into the details of all the definitions, every insurance plan is a little bit different, and what I'm about to share may vary a little bit from plan to plan. So I highly recommend making an account on your insurance website to review your own benefits. 
Financial toxicity impacts so many people, but it is incredibly prevalent in cancer patients. So I'll explain these terms through that lens. We'll start with the copay because most of us have them. A copay is a flat fee you pay every time you receive covered health services. For example, that could be a $30 copay when you're seeing a primary care physician, or it could be $60 if you're seeing a specialist like an oncologist. Every time I go to the doctor, I either pay my copayment as soon as I get to the office when I check in or when I'm leaving. Yep, exactly. All right, what's next? On top of your copay, you might also need to meet your yearly deductible. A deductible is what you pay for medical care before a health insurance plan begins paying for your care. Some plans have both, where you'll have copays that you have to pay at every visit, but you'll still have a deductible you have to meet. Let's say you have a $3,000 annual deductible. You must spend that much before your health insurance company begins covering any charges. So if you have cancer and your chemotherapy treatments are $1,000 each, you would reach your deductible after only three treatments. Even though you've met your deductible, it doesn't mean that your health care is going to be fully covered after that because of coinsurance, which is our next definition. Coinsurance is the portion of your bill that you'll have to split with your health insurance after you meet your deductible. For example, you might have to pay 20% of your bill while your insurance pays the other 80%. If you have a $1,000 bill for blood work, you could have a $200 out-of-pocket that you have to pay while your insurance pays the other $800. Out-of-pocket is a perfect term to define here because it's the amount of money that you have to pay for medical expenses that are not covered by your health insurance plan. Every time I go to the doctor and pay a copay, that's considered an out-of-pocket expense. Out-of-pocket equals out-of-my-own bank account. Every example we gave so far today where you would pay a copay or a payment toward your deductible for cancer treatment are all considered out-of-pocket expenses. Okay, Lauren, this is a lot. So how do these definitions and the way healthcare in the United States works actually impact a patient or a family's financial well-being? If you're not covered 100%, you still have a portion of your treatment to pay. For some, it might not be a lot of money, and others, this could be a make or break for how you're feeding yourself that week. Then there's all the other expenses that come into play outside of treatment itself. There's transportation, there's change in lifestyle, perhaps related to diet and exercise that do cost money. Sometimes there's care that you may need or care that you may need to provide for your children, because you are at doctor's appointments. Health conditions also could be surgeries that you need that cost sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars not taking insurance into consideration. Doctors and patients are constantly fighting for medications to be covered, and regardless of the need, maybe even life-threatening need, they're not always covered by insurance. And this is why bankruptcy is totally possible from just health expenses alone. In fact, adults with cancer are almost three times more likely to file for bankruptcy than their peers without cancer. And cancer patients who file for bankruptcy have a 79% greater risk of dying earlier than cancer patients who don't. That's a very scary statistic. After my conversation with Lauren about the definitions and implications of financial toxicity on patients and their families, I spoke with Eva 
to gain a better understanding of how the burden of treatment expenses can profoundly affect the well-being of those receiving medical care. So, Eva, based off of these statistics about bankruptcy and its correlation to mortality rates, what are some of these factors that make this true? Let's say you make the most money in your household and you're the patient with cancer. If you're a breadwinner, an illness like cancer can threaten your entire family's well-being. Because everything that you've planned for and invested in, suddenly you can't live the life that you planned or even pay for the commitments that you've made because now you have to commit solely to these expenses. And then, of course, there's how much debt you had before you or your loved one was diagnosed. Most Americans have debt and, like I mentioned, also live paycheck to paycheck. Unexpected medical costs can throw off all plans for stability. And again, there are costs related to your cancer that aren't even treatment-specific. Most likely, if you have cancer, you probably didn't have a budget for transportation or hotels or change of diet or additional care. Budgeting for those things is almost impossible when you didn't see something like this coming. Cancer also affects your ability to work. Treatments can often make you feel more ill than the cancer itself. And then you add on the pressure of needing to make money. That's if you're able to work at all. We're using cancer as an example, but this can be true for so many different illnesses and conditions. On the flip side, we also have people in the household who may have to care for that person with cancer. They may not be able to work at all because of their caregiving requirements, which we've seen often in the Caregiving Soul episodes. Cancer's financial burden is just the tip of the iceberg. In our conversation, we barely scratched the surface of the emotional, physical, and mental strain this type of diagnosis can bring to a patient and their loved ones. Unfortunately, we don't anticipate or budget for life-threatening diseases like cancer until we're faced with them. It's a common reality most people are not prepared for. The compounding stress while also navigating exorbitant medical bills that insurance may not fully cover, can lead to devastating circumstances. And the sad truth is that this is why most Americans would diagnose our healthcare system as broken, because we're under the notion that a healthcare system is supposed to support and save its members from harm. And instead, it can be detrimental to our well being in numerous ways. Of course, there are times where our healthcare system is helpful, undoubtedly. That's why a lot of us are here today, because medicines and treatments have literally saved us. But we can't ignore the fact that the financial stress that our healthcare puts on us can have a huge impact on our health. I also think we have to touch on the assumption that we can all pay for our care. So we've talked about the financial burdens of treatments and medications and care in general. But we haven't talked about when the burden is so great that you decide to not even invest in care. Like you decide that, you know what, I can't even consider that treatment or medication because it's too expensive. So I'm just going to be sick or have a condition for the rest of my life or die. Americans choose literal pain and sometimes the possibility of death because the financial implications are worse for them or for their families. This is where our system being broken really comes to light. As we have already discussed, navigating healthcare-related finances can be incredibly difficult and common. 
These issues touch all of us and our families. Steven Reichenberg spent much of his career working as an executive in health insurance at large companies including Cigna and Blue Cross Blue Shield. But when he was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer at 55 years old, managing his own health expenses and insurance plan was far more complicated than he could have ever imagined. I used to be a normal family with a working job and I had employer provided health care, but I did leave work. I did pretty well, mostly because I was able to get financial aid as someone who was no longer employed because chemo and immunotherapy are just ridiculous. I mean, it's like $30,000 a pop sometimes. And that was multiple times a month. Once I'm on disability for two years, they force me over to Medicare. That really becomes my only option. And there's nothing for me that requests financial aid for anymore. So now I'm forced to pay more money for no reason whatsoever. Stephen's success as a stage four cancer patient is much in part to his ability to access and afford high quality treatment, as well as his remarkable mental resilience in managing stress. Although the path hasn't been without its challenges, his understanding of medical billing has empowered him to explore avenues for alleviating financial burdens and stressors. The whole healthcare financial system of America really needs to be reevaluated. But you have to fight insurance companies for all the same reasons you had to fight them before. Just the concept of healthcare and networks, it's like they don't they don't blend well together because networks are totally financial entities where healthcare is a human entity. And when you mix the two, there's always the human that's going to get the short end of the stick, you know. So, again, if I wasn't knowledgeable, I would have ended up paying more and not known it. When you get a medical bill, the first thing you do is not pay it. The second thing you do if you're not getting financial assistance because of a situation like mine is you call them up. First off. Make sure it's accurate. Make sure they adjudicated your claim right. Easier said than done. A lot of people don't know how it all works, so they can't check to see if their claim was processed correctly. But even if you can't tell it was processed correctly and the claim's 100 bucks, if you call the insurance company and you say, I can't afford 100 bucks, they'll probably say, well, if you can pay me 70, I'll take 70 and we'll wipe the slate clean. And that's the thing. People don't know that you can definitely negotiate with your healthcare provider. Maybe not your doctor's office, but if you're going into the hospital for a procedure, absolutely. It can't hurt to ask. I'm not my best advocate. I'm my only advocate. <laughs> Based off of this discussion and a lot of discussions we've been having at Empowered Us and at Good Days as a whole, there are so many takeaways we can start with. But I would say number one is something you can do today. Start to get educated on your own health care plan. If you are lucky enough to have health insurance, be aware of what your copays and deductibles might be. Click around the website. Make yourself an account if you haven't made one already. And just become more aware of your benefits. Once you're more aware, you can make more informed decisions and choices about your own care. We understand that a lot of people learn in different forms, so there will be a corresponding blog to this episode where we fully define the terms and also provide different tips and resources, whether they were mentioned today or in addition to that. So check it out on empoweredus.org. We'll link it in the show notes. 
Also, if you found this episode to be informative and impactful, please share it with anyone else that you think may need to learn about this. It may fill in some of the gaps of their knowledge. We at Empowered Us are committed to advocating for affordable health care for all. We look forward to continuing these conversations with patients and experts to both educate and create new solutions. Let's keep pushing for change together. Take care and see you next time.